It's Tuesday, April the 12th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Russia's new military build-up and Ukraine MP's chemical weapon claim. First, the world in brief. The Pentagon said Russia is sending a convoy containing military vehicles, helicopters, infantry and artillery to eastern Ukraine as the Kremlin refocuses its attention away from Kyiv, the capital. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, said the country will not pause its assault during peace talks. On Sunday, Russian strikes destroyed Dnipro's airport and damaged a school, according to Ukrainian officials. The government announced nine humanitarian corridors to allow civilians to flee the east of the country. A Ukrainian MP said that an unidentified substance dropped by a Russian drone on Mariupol was, quote, most likely to be a chemical agent. Neither authorities in the port city nor Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, offered confirmation. The Pentagon said it was looking into the allegation. Britain's foreign secretary said she was urgently working with allies to verify details. Russia warned Finland and Sweden against joining NATO after representatives of the Nordic governments held talks with senior American officials last week. The Kremlin said the Western alliance was a, quote, tool geared towards confrontation, yet it is Russia's invasion of Ukraine that could push NATO to 32 members as early as the summer. Austria's Chancellor, Karl Nehammer, became the first Western leader to visit Vladimir Putin since the invasion, although the talks appeared to be less than productive. Mr Nehammer told the Russian president that he had not come in friendship, that Russia's alleged war crimes would be prosecuted, and that the Kremlin could not win its war. Mr Putin was reportedly unresponsive to the suggestion of face-to-face talks with Mr Zelensky, instead talking about lower-level negotiations in Turkey. The World Trade Organization forecasts that Russia's invasion of Ukraine could cut global trade growth for 2022 almost by half. The WTO also said the war could lower global GDP growth by 0.7 to 1.3 percentage points. It noted that both countries' importance to food and energy supply chains, in Europe especially, was the main reason for the dismal projections. Other news America sent an aircraft carrier to the waters off South Korea. It is the first such deployment since 2017 and reflects America's growing concerns over North Korea's missile tests. More than 100 lawmakers loyal to Imran Khan resigned after Pakistan's parliament elected Shehbaz Sharif as the country's new prime minister. Mr Khan was ousted in a vote of no confidence on Sunday. America ordered non-essential embassy staff to leave Shanghai because of the danger of being caught up in, quote, arbitrary COVID-19 measures. Complaints about a lack of food, detentions and the separation of children from parents abound. Despite recording more than 23,000 cases, authorities on Monday relaxed restrictions in parts of the city. 
Honda announced plans to spend $64 billion on research and development over the next 10 years. The Japanese car maker hopes to manufacture about 2 million electric vehicles by 2030. Wholesale prices in Japan rose by 9.5% during the 12 months to March as the war in Ukraine and a weak yen drove up fuel and input costs. Japanese firms have been slow to pass on rising costs to households, but analysts expect core consumer inflation to accelerate beyond 2%, the central bank's target, later this year. And fact of the day, 1.7%. The share of the vote won by Anne Hidalgo of the once-powerful Socialist Party in France's presidential election on Sunday. And now, here's today's agenda. Another month of high inflation in America. One danger with inflation is that, once unleashed, it gathers momentum. American data for March, due to be released on Tuesday, will highlight that risk. Consumer prices are expected to have increased by about 8.5% compared with a year earlier, the fastest rise in four decades. Some analysts think this may prove to be the high watermark. Prices for used cars, one of the items that led the initial inflationary surge, have fallen in recent weeks. But elevated prices for oil and other commodities will ensure that costs remain a headache for some time. The Federal Reserve is belatedly acting. Investors are betting that it will raise interest rates by a full percentage point over the course of May and June. Unfortunately, this suggests that the only way to rein in inflation is to dampen economic growth. Polish schools squeeze in Ukrainian refugees. Makeshift classrooms have sprung up across Poland. Since February, the country has seen an influx of 2.6 million refugees from neighbouring Ukraine, most of them women and children. Plucked from the middle of their school year by the Russian invasion, they are now looking for ways to continue their learning. More than 174,000 children have so far registered to attend local schools and nurseries in Poland, but the country is bracing for as many as 700,000 new pupils. That would expand overall enrolment by 14%. The government has already raised caps on class sizes. Language is a barrier for newcomers who speak little Polish. Some teachers have resorted to communicating through Google Translate. Other refugee students, clinging to the hope of returning to their old classrooms, are dialing into remote learning provided by their old teachers in Ukraine. Protests rock Peru's government. The outlook for Pedro Castillo Peru's leftist president, is bleak. Two weeks of protests and strikes over soaring fuel, food and fertiliser prices have left at least six people dead. A short-lived curfew in Lima, the capital, inflamed tensions. With consumer prices rising at their fastest rate in a quarter of a century, the president's support among his suburban and rural working-class base has been shattered. In response, 
Mr Castillo has temporarily waived sales tax on essential foods and fuels and announced a 10% increase in the minimum wage, the first in four years. But that will not be enough to appease Peruvians. The government is plagued by allegations of corruption and political churn is high. On average, one minister is changed every nine days. Mr Castillo's approval rating has plummeted to 19%. Although he survived a second impeachment attempt last month, Peru's fifth president in as many years faces growing pressure to resign. Indian IT firms log back on. COVID-19 has left much of India's economy reeling. The IT sector, though, is thriving. On Monday, Tata Consultancy Services, an industry giant, reported revenues of $25 billion for the 2021-2022 financial year, a 17% year-on-year increase. Profits at $5 billion are healthy too. Infosys, a rival firm that reports on Wednesday, is expected to post similarly sparkling numbers. Growth at TCS, Infosys and other companies that provide software and IT consulting services had slowed in the years before the pandemic. They have been pulled out of their rut by three structural changes. More firms digitising their operations, more work shifting to cloud computing and more staff going remote. According to a trade body, industry revenues could grow from $227 billion last year to $350 billion by 2026. In the early 2000s, the sector grew with similar exuberance, helping power a golden era of economic growth. Indians will be hoping for the same again. A new voice in nature documentaries. David Attenborough has been the most distinctive voice in nature documentaries for decades. In lilting, careful diction, the British biologist has introduced viewers to faraway places and recounted bestial battles. Now, at the age of 95, he faces his own challenger. Barack Obama, an equally celebrated orator, is entering the field. The former American president has narrated Our Great National Parks, a series released on Netflix on Wednesday. The five episodes cover a range of countries and their resident creatures, from the waters of California to the rainforests of Indonesia. Much like Mr Attenborough's programmes, Our Great National Parks is part celebration, part plea. In 2018, a study found that one-third of the world's conservation areas have been encroached upon by humans. No wonder Mr Obama, who designated more protected land than any other American leader during his two terms, is speaking up. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday.
Tuesday. Who was Prime Minister of Canada for most of the period between 1968 and 1984? Monday. What was the name of the TV character dubbed, quote, the Six Million Dollar Man? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Franklin D. Roosevelt, who died on this day in 1945. I ask you to judge me by the enemies I have made. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 